Welcome to the Soul Grit Podcast. I'm Ann Taylor McNeese, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I also love Jesus, and I'm passionate about all things gospel and therapy. I created Soul Grit to be at the intersection of mental health and Christian faith. Christ followers need a place to ask questions and get answers about mental health. Join me as we dive into real stories and real questions from people who want to honor God with their hearts, souls, and minds. Well, I want to welcome my friend Christy Bean to the podcast today. Christy and I have known each other since we were teenagers, practically. We were in a freshman dorm together at Stanford, and she was one of my first friends there. And we kind of bonded over being on the same floor together, as well as being in Bible studies together. And I don't know, eating lunch in dining halls and going on little trips and mm-hmm. things like that. So we have lots of good memories together um, all up through the years and weddings and babies and all of that. So really happy to have you here today, Christy. Um, Would you like to introduce yourself and share a little bit about what you do and your family and all of that? Sure. Well, thanks, Anne, for that nice introduction. Um, Yeah, you you also are one of my oldest friends as well. (laughs) I think we were 18 when we met, so been a while. <laughs> we won't mention how many years that's been. <laughs> no, no, for my own sake as well. <laughs> um, so I am, let's see, I guess I could just say um, I am married for newly, well, kind of newly married. Yeah. It's been about almost three or almost three years now. Yeah. And I have an eight month old little girl named Lily. Um, and I live in Washington State, mm-hmm. and um, I I trained to be a doctor or a pediatrician, and kind of somewhere along the line decided I did not enjoy that line of work, and so now I work in uh, industry, pharmaceutical industry, um, kind of desk job, which which is a much better fit. Mm-hmm. And let's see what else. Okay. So, um, after having trained to be a doctor, you worked really hard, went to Columbia, like, you know, you worked your tail off to get there and then had one of those, um, disruptive moments where you changed courses. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now you get to do a work from home job, which is kind of nice since you have a new baby. Um, yeah, no, I, um, that was definitely a disruptive moment. I mean, that was, it seems like a long time ago now. It was about, I think it was almost 10 years ago now yeah. since I kind of changed course, but it was definitely, um, definitely a challenge, you know, when you, uh, spend so many years going in one direction. And then once you, it's a very, a moment of self-realization when you realize like what you actually enjoy, what kind of environment you like to work in. And it's amazing how little that I understood until I was actually kind of doing the job in the field. Yeah. Right. And it took a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, difficult moments to make that realization. And, and it was very scary to kind of just leave up and leave, um, something that I had invested so much work into. So, yeah. but it was worth it in the end. Yeah. And it all prepared you for where you are now. 
Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons that I invited you to come talk to us today, Christy, um, I, I love this, you know, form of podcasting because it's just like two friends having a conversation and then other people get to overhear because I think all of my friends are super interesting and that everybody would want to talk, talk to them. So here you go. Here you go, everybody. Here's my friend, Christy. <laughs> super but um, since we've known each other so long and I've seen you at different stages of your life, I know that anxiety has been one of the things that has kind of marked your life all along. And I wondered if you could kind of walk us through like the life course of anxiety as you've experienced it in different stages. Like, sure. Did you have it when you were a kid? You know, it's, I've thought about that a lot and I just, I can't, it's hard to remember, you know, I mean, cause I think as a kid, you have so many different feelings and, um, you know, I, I remember being told that I was sort of like, uh, very sensitive mm-hmm. and, um, easily upset. Um, but you know, nobody ever said, Oh, an- mentioned, I didn't really know what anxiety and worry really were. Um, so it's hard to know. Um, it's hard for me to remember, but I think the first really specific memories I had of anxiety were in college. So kind of, I guess in my early twenties, you know, I had, um, things that I now identify as anxiety, but I don't think I really under- even then understood what it really meant. Um, you know, I remember having, uh, you know, just feeling uncomfortable. And I remember just having a lot of physical sensations. And I sort of had my first experience with uh, claustrophobia. I think Anne probably remembers these times. And you want to tell that story? <laughs> <laughs> where, and I hadn't really had that before, um, you know, where I just was, you know, panicky sensations of being in a, like a crowded, really crowded space or um, not, um, not just this, the panic over not having a lot of control over my surroundings. I also remember, you know, having episodes of insomnia, which I hadn't had prior to that. Um, so, I mean, there were, but these were all sort of discrete incidences and, uh, you know, it wasn't, it definitely took a, a turn, um, when I was in, started in my thirties. So, you know, all this, kind of suspect there's always some sort of hormonal elements going on too, but it definitely worsens, you know, around thirties ish, maybe mid thirties, you know, it's kind of hard to identify, but, um, I feel like it became more difficult to manage. Um, and, um, that's when I started to, you know, I've had experience with, uh, you know, different counselors over the years seeking help, even in as early as college. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember going to see, I think at that point it was a psychiatrist, um, who sort of gave me a counseling session. Um, but you know, ended with just like giving me a bunch of medications, which I didn't really take any of them. That was kind of my first experience and it wasn't necessarily a pleasant one either. I don't remember being like feeling encouraged or even understanding really like what was going on with me, you know, in any real way. But I think in my 30s is when I started um, actually, you know, I had a friend who, yeah, I must have been about 30, maybe third, yeah, around 30, 31. And I had a friend who had, you know, we would talk a lot about, you know, being anxious, worried. And um, she was the first one who encouraged me to go see a counselor. And so I went to see her counselor. And that was actually a Christian counselor. Um, 
and it was interesting because she really wasn't, um, you know, she was nice and, um, but I'd never seen anyone until I'm like, well, this is, must be what counseling is, is like, you know, you had no basis for comparison. And, um, but I, looking back, I don't think we were the right fit, um, just in terms of her style. I remember there was just a lot of moments of silence, which now I realize doesn't really work well for me. Um, and so I would just actually feel more anxious about going to my counseling mm. sessions, which now I realize, oh, that's completely off. Like, what am I paying for? <laughs> I feel more anxious. <laughs> you got anxiety feel... about like what you were going to say and how it was yeah, going to Yeah, like out of and... no silence. You yeah. know, and I was like, and after a certain point, um, I think I'd moved. And so, and it was hard to just sort of end it. Like I had a lot of anxiety about just ending the counseling relationship, <laughs> like saying, you know, this isn't working for me. You know, I want to try or even just ghosting her, <laughs> which <laughs> I would appreciate. But, you know, I couldn't, it was really hard for me to, to cut off that, even though it wasn't really that helpful for me. And so, but I, I saw her for about a, maybe a year. And then, um, I, I guess around, I felt after that I'd had sort of a couple year break. And then I, uh, I was having, it sort of just correlates whenever I have like sort of some sort of life transition or, yeah. you know, I can see sort of difficult um, experience or, or just something that has really, I guess, a major life stress stressor. And yeah. that's when I, you know, seek out additional help. And so at that time I found a different counselor that, um, I actually did click better with, and I saw her for a couple of years yeah. and, um, you know, she was very helpful and, um, her style, I think matched a lot better with mine in terms of just the sort of interaction that was comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. So I I've had that before too, where there's a counselor that just kind of does like the blank stare at you waiting for you to come up with something. And I find that really uncomfortable too. <laughs> And then I've had the counselors that are just like a little more engaged and personal, and that seems to really work well for me. And so it's just a really good point that every personality is going to need a different style. And there's a lot of different approaches to counseling and there's, there's somebody out there for everyone. Yeah. And I wish I'd known that earlier because I, I think the stereotype is of someone who just stares at you (laughs) or, you know, they're not supposed to say anything or, you know, that's kind of. I think the idea I had about well, this is what a counselor is. They just want you to talk mm-hmm. and even they, they might not even ask very many questions. <laughs> so for someone like me, who's not kind of a huge talker, it can be very stressful. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but I didn't understand that at the time, you know, so. Yeah. And I also think that's a good point that you bring up that life transitions are the times that you probably need to have that extra support. If you have that kind of personal bent towards anxiety, or like for me, I have more of a bent towards depression. So whenever I go through major life transition, I get sad (laughs) or I, I get unmotivated or, you know, just need to mope around a little bit. And so those are the times when I know I need to get back into therapy. So it's good good that you know that about yourself <laughs> yeah I mean it's hard to know in the moment because a lot of these transitions I mean some were difficult like painful transitions where I needed you know a lot of support but other times it's good things happening mm-hmm. you know like you know an important yeah. relationship or you know yeah. uh parenthood <laughs> yeah and that kind of thing and so you 
don't necessarily realize it until looking back and you're like, oh, that's why I was struggling. Yeah. So often it seems like it comes out of the blue. Yeah. Well, marriage mm-hmm. or having a new baby, like those are blessings, but they're also very stressful. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. So at this point in your life, like you've learned so many different skills over the course of, you know, just living with it for so many years and then being in different types of therapy. Um, what does it look like right now? Like what, what does anxiety look like on a daily basis for you right now? I think right now, I mean, I still feel like I'm in, um, kind of in the woods in terms of, uh, I've had a lot of trouble postpartum, you know, and my anxiety levels have been pretty high. Um, and so, you know, I feel like it's definitely more of a day-to-day struggle. Um, in the, you know, ever since I had my daughter, um, with, uh, you know, uh, having to do a lot of work, I think to, you know, manage my thoughts and, um, kind of take moments out and, um, re reassess and take breaks and, you know, have more frequent counseling sessions, um, and do a lot of interventions, um, to sort of, uh, you know, make things a little more easy, manageable. Yeah. But I think, um, I don't think that, I mean, in sort of a low stress or kind of time does feel a lot like autopilot, like, oh, I just have a few anxious moments here or there, or a situation that I know always makes me nervous, you know, like flying or, you know, mm-hmm. but other than that, it's, it's, there are, there have been, you know, periods in my life where it's not something I think about every day. And so I think the hardest part is, um, trying to keep that long range perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, you know, sort of the anxious brain tells you that, you know, this is like forever and, you know, oh, I'm going to be feeling like this indefinitely or that, the, you know, this is just going to be an escalation to be, you know, worse and worse and worse. And so it is a constant challenge to try to try to remind myself of the points, um, when I did feel, normal or, or good or that those periods of you know will come again because mm-hmm. um, sometimes that can be a hard thing to convince yourself of when you're in the thick of you know emotions and just not feeling as good as you used to so yeah. so I mean yeah it is a, it's an ongoing I think day-to-day sometimes moment by moment you know and, and like bad days for sure I mean it kind of goes up and down you know have bad days good days bad weeks good weeks and Mm-hmm. And, and to just, um, sort of this, uh, going along with not just big stressors, but, you know, little stressors in your life, you know, my daughter's not sleeping well or going through like a sleep regression or my husband's traveling, or, you know, there's some kind of challenge in my work life. And then, and so I think trying to keep perspective on all those factors as well, it can be really scary if you feel like it's, it just happens and you have you know no, no, no explanation and um yeah. you you know you don't know it's hard to understand too so. yeah. i think that's one of the things about panic attacks in particular that people it, they're so scary because it's like it feels like out of the blue like you're not even thinking about your worries or anything and then out of the blue it's like your body rebels against you in the moment like your muscles mm-hmm. tense up or your heart rate or your, you know, you can't breathe or 
any of those like physical symptoms and then you're going, wait, wait, am I dying? Is this, is this it? <laughs> you know, and yeah. especially the first few times that happens like that is super scary because it is like a physical thing that interacts with your mental state. And until you learn some techniques to kind of move through it and to know that, no, you're not dying and this will pass. And it usually lasts this many minutes and then it will be over. Like, that that's really scary yeah no definitely and thankfully I haven't had um too many like full-blown panic attacks I mean it's more just like this ongoing tension or feeling this this uncomfortable feeling in my body of um I don't know it was feeling like something bad's going to happen just very physical sort of sensations um but no, I definitely have had periods of like really high levels of anxiety or, um, so, so yeah, yeah, it's so as somebody that has struggled with anxiety for a long time, what changes did you notice after you had your baby? Oh, a lot. I mean, I think there's a, a huge physiologic component to it. I mean, I definitely, and, and, and the hard part was, I don't feel like people really prepared me. I mean, I'm a doctor and I have had anxiety for many years and I've heard a lot about postpartum Mm -hmm. mood disorder. I mean, honestly, I've heard more about postpartum depression. So I didn't really, it wasn't really on my radar um, that I would have more anxiety after. I didn't even know that you could have postpartum anxiety or that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I knew that they were somehow connected, but for some reason, I mean, I was just so focused on having a healthy birth and all that, that it didn't, didn't even occur to me. And I had a very challenging, um, a pretty challenging um, birth. You know, I had like a three-day induction and then I had, you know, some medical problems and was in the hospital for like a week after the birth. So I think there was a, it was a not, um, there was a lot of uh, stressors, but um, I didn't realize that I would feel this like intense emotions mm-hmm. right after delivery. And it was just not, uh, yeah, I, I still think I was fully prepared for that. And so it was very unexpected. And um, I kind of didn't understand. I just thought maybe it's just because of the, st- the stressors or what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, you know, it continued on through. Um, I'd say that the first couple of months were very difficult with just a lot of yeah. really high levels of anxiety and just feeling um, really stressed. And, you know, as I mentioned, I had these ongoing medical problems that hadn't really resolved associated with pregnancy. And um, so there were definitely some triggering things and, and then just sort of rehashing my experience in with the birth and the things that, you know, were, didn't really go that well. I mean, thankfully, you know, we're all safe. My daughter's safe, but she had to be in the NICU for a couple of days. And um, I just think at that point in time, you know, like a more vulnerable time, it's, it's easy to sort of fall into the anxiety pit when you're mm-hmm. feeling uncomfortable to begin with, your body's not the same, yeah. all these like physiological changes. So it just, I mean, I'm surprised so many women get through it really, you know, <laughs> without, any, without any yeah. problems. And, 
Um, well, even as a person that did not experience like postpartum anxiety or anything, like I know having three babies, like how hard it is. And like, I can remember crying to another mom thinking I'm not going to get through it. Like with my third one and her telling me like, get past the four month mark and you'll be okay. And I'm like, I don't think I can do it. One of these kids mm-hmm. isn't going to make it or me, you know? <laughs> But so even yeah. for somebody that doesn't have mood or anxiety um, issues around the postpartum period, like it was still really hard. So then, then add on that, like the predisposition towards anxiety, like, like, yeah, it's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think, um, I think, I think a big thing is I wasn't expecting it. I mean, I guess I'd heard, I was like postpartum depression, you know, I've never had a problem with depression like this, you know, I don't know. It wasn't even something I was thinking about. And so, and it definitely, it it has improved. Um, But, uh, you know, I do think, uh, you know, it's still something I struggle with, you know, regularly just feeling, you know, one day I just wake up and I just feel anxious and this is like, okay. And, um, or, you know, as little stressors come along, they seem to have be, you know, more impactful on sort of how I feel on a day-to-day basis. And and I think too, there's this huge transition period of, you know, first time mom, I have been how many years? I'm, well, we're not gonna go into years. <laughs> of, Let's you know, just say late 30s. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's more detailed than I would have given, but yeah. Okay. So, you know, late, late, late in life mom, but um. I guess I just uh, had had not realized, you know, you hear about how difficult it is to have an infant, you know, sleepless nights, the sort of lack of control of your time. And, mm-hmm. um, and then you have this new being that you love so much. And then just another source of worry, you know, mm-hmm. if they're not doing everything completely as expected or, and ex- you haven't heard about this particular thing or, mm-hmm. um, so it is, it, there's just a lot of transition and challenge, I think. Um, and probably one of the most challenging transitions I've had. I mean, it's amazing. You know, it's amazing to be a mom and to have this experience, but also, um, you know, it, it feels like a huge life shift. And so I think, you know, that contributes to, um, you know, feeling worry or anxiety. And I definitely had moments where I was like, oh, you know, how am I going to make it for another 18 years? Or, you know, this is really hard. This is, you know, and then just the childcare, you know, if you haven't really done childcare before, I mean, a lot of boring moments and a lot of like, <laughs> like things that you didn't, um, physical challenges, you know, I've been breastfeeding and pain and mm-hmm. I have like all these, I mean, maybe because I'm later in life, but I have so many like <laughs> physical ailments now, like back pain, I have like wrist problems. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think all of that just combined, it just, it's, um, can be a lie. And so I, that's why I think it's really important that I have to like, try to take it day by day. And if, if one day is too hard, then I'll be like, okay, well, let's just take it, you know, moment by moment. And, mm-hmm. um, and thankfully, I mean, things have calmed down a lot, you know, my daughter mm-hmm. sleeps pretty good now and um you know I think uh I mean the anxiety piece I think like always I think it's takes you know it's it's a longer process but um you know I try to as I mentioned have sort of a it's harder to see when if you're improving or not like I think you really want to know that but I think it's it's difficult I mean it's like if you're going up a mountain 
and you can't really see like where you're at. I mean, it feels like you've made like zero steps. Um, but you know, I, I know that, you know, I've come a long way since when I like first got out of the hospital and was like, yeah. you know, had trouble like getting my pajamas out of my pajamas and it was in the showery and all this stuff. So I yeah. think, Mm-hmm. but you know sometimes it's hard to remember that because you just want to go back to like the way I felt before yeah yeah mm-hmm. and it's never going to go back to the way it was before because <laughs> now you have a, a new person <laughs> right right so I have a question I was just thinking about this because one of the things that I learned from you when we were in college is that if somebody has social anxiety <laughs> you don't really like give them the plan in advance you just show up at their door and say come on get your coat we're going <laughs> I didn't realize I taught you this lesson <laughs> yes this is what we learned if you want to hang out with Christy don't tell her we're making plans just show up and take her go get the pizza or whatever <laughs> like that that's that's how we learned with social anxiety if if we gave you too much time to think about the plans you would find a way to get too anxious about it and so you wouldn't do it and we wanted you to hang out so we just wouldn't tell you what the plans were um so i'm wondering like considering like postpartum anxiety and all of this like if somebody had told you christy it could be really bad like postpartum anxiety is awful and this is you know since you have anxiety you might get this like how bad for you would have that been yeah I mean I'm sure it I'm sure it would have been difficult and so you you have a point it's true it's like you know I mean because of my um the medical problems I had I probably you know Lily will probably be a only child but um <laughs> you know if I ever had another pregnancy I think it would be hard anticipating that I might feel this way mm-hmm. um but on the other hand there's something you said about um, having sort of the resources and support in place and sort of like a plan in place. Cause I think too, that that's helpful in terms of managing my symptoms on a regular basis is sort of having like a plan in place. And so I know, Oh, if I start to feel anxious or, you know, I'm struggling before I fall off the, the anxiety spiral, you know, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And, and I think that can be helpful. Um, but you're right. I mean, there's a lot of anticipation about pregnancy and delivery and all that, you know, what kind of baby you're going to have, <laughs> is she going to be like constant crying, you know, all oh, there's just so much uncertainty that imagining yourself in sort of some sort of horrible angst state um, would be challenging. It is funny though. I hadn't even thought about that, but <laughs> I didn't know you guys had that. <laughs> oh no, I revealed our secret. <laughs> I think you've told me that before. I just kind of have forgotten, but yeah, it's true. I did have a lot of, I'm just going to show up at the Seattle airport sometime and (laughs) be like, come get me. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no, Um, that's true. (laughs) So, okay. My other question, because you've mentioned that if you, if you knew in advance, you would have like a routine or you would have some things implemented and, and you've gained a lot of strategies over the years. So tell us, like a few of those strategies that have been really helpful for you to implement on a daily basis? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's, and this is something I've learned from my current therapist that I started going to. Um, and it was great too, because she was like a, did sort of specialized and um, like only works with 
moms and women who are, you know, go, going through these things. So, um, but kind of lots, I think the strategies that we talk a lot about are regarding um, thinking about what you're thinking about, which is something I've always known, but um, for some reason, it always seemed like kind of silly to like write out a plan for what you're going to be thinking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, actually those little things can, I think do make a difference. Um, because I remember um, I had heard before about, oh, you're supposed to like write out like these statements um, and read them to yourself every morning and night. And I'm like, well, like that's going to make a difference. You know, that's, <laughs> you know, it just seemed like a silly exercise or just pointless or, um, but, you know, I realized, I, so I started doing that this time around and, um, you know, I would use like Bible verses. I think it was helpful too, as I sort of went through kind of some, a lot of my common fears, you know, because as, as I'm going through counseling, you kind of identify what the common fears are. And, um, like one of my big ones is like, I'm always afraid that I won't be able to handle whatever is to come, you know, just this vague, I don't think I can handle this, whatever, you know, this vague, whatever that means. And so then I would kind of like identify these specific fears that I can see coming up over and over again, and then go into the Bible and like look up specific verses about that. And then, you know, so then that can be like your list of like, you know, statements based on God's word or based on the Bible verse or even the Bible verse itself. Yeah. And um, so I started doing that and I would read it um, like every morning and and at night and I don't know, it's just like, even though it's just, you know, a short, like five minute thing, I think those, those things, I mean, do stay with you. And as you start, as you do it over and over again, you know, for, you know, a couple, as you go into a few weeks or more, then you start to remember them throughout the day. And so it makes, yeah, it just made a lot more difference than I thought it would. And so I think there's a lot of, brain. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like small things that seem like they make that they wouldn't really make a difference, but I think cumulatively they they all kind of add up together in terms of, um, you know, renewing your mind and sort of uh, changing your thoughts or intervening in your thoughts before they um, before you. And that's the hardest part, I think, is is sort of uh, identifying like when oh I'm going down a bad thought pattern and getting to it before you, you know, get to a point of no return, like you, you know, invested an hour or whatever, (laughs) but thinking about something that you can't really control. So, yeah, I think there are, there are a lot of things. I mean, other things have been, um, you know, sometimes it helps if I'm particularly worried, like say like a doctor's appointment or uh, some kind of uh, scary events coming up that is concerning to me. I mean, sometimes it helps to, you know, tell yourself that okay I have permission to worry about this after you know after the doctor or right before the doctor's appointment or after I get the results you know until then you know every time like I feel the worries you know coming up that oh wait no I'm it's Monday night is when I have is when I'm going to be hashing through all this yeah and usually scheduling your worry yeah like I've heard before you're supposed to do it like every day but that um, has been less helpful for me, I think just because, um, but that can be, I mean, that can work too, but for me, it's in more like about specific events. And just so then, cause usually I don't even spend a ton of time after the event thinking about it necessarily. It's just sort of 
give me permission to think, okay, well, I have a plan in place for when I'm actually going to work through all these. So um, that's another thing. And, um, and I think too, you know, right, and similar to what I was talking about, you know, writing out, um, you know, verses or statements and kind of keeping it in, in hand. So if I do feel a moment, and I don't do this that often, but you know, everyone's when I have like a, a, a intense anxiety moment, you know, having something with you that you can whip out and like refer to, you know, like like kind of what you're saying, oh, this is just temporary, this will this these feelings will pass, or they're um, you know, that kind of that you can think about in your clear moments, but they're less hard to access when you're just not feeling good. And I think too, one of the most helpful things that I've learned recently is about, um, I think one of the, the biggest um, parts of anxiety is that it, um, if, if you're scared of it, like not even scared of whatever it is you're worried about, just scared of the actual fear itself. <laughs> and so um, as I've heard before about how you're supposed to make friends with your anxiety, you're, you know, that always sounded really dumb to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, well, you know, or that you're not supposed to be scared of your anxiety. I'm like, okay, well, easier said than done. I don't even know how to do that. But um, I think, and I, I still, you know, of course, working through all that. But um, I think once you start to um, break down what you're, when you have like an anxious moment, like, what is that? Is that just, you know, you're feeling uncomfortable or whatever body sensations these are. And then once you can kind of break it down and be like, well, yeah, this is just, this is not dangerous. And this is, you know, kind of like, this is, this is an anxious Annie coming to visit again. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did you name your anxiety after me? <laughs> just kidding. Oh, well, this is yeah, now I think about it. <laughs> anxious Anne. <laughs> now I'm calm, Anne. <laughs> All right. Right. Okay. Well, I guess it could be anxious, anxious Andy. Okay. There again. you go. There you go. <laughs> Um, but even though it sounds really silly, I think just saying those things to yourself when you feel all the emotions rising up and then you're like, oh, you know, hey, why don't you just hang out with me and it's okay. Or kind of, um, I think there's a level of acceptance or a level of uh, uh, not resisting so much. And, I, you know, it, it, it's taken a while to sort of understand that, how that actually works. But I think it can be very helpful if once you can start to not be so afraid of feeling anxious or feeling feeling the worry or just understanding that I think too it's very powerful to understand how quickly it passes mm. you know that it's once you have it, you're like okay well this is happening again and it will pass and then kind of being able to re repeat those things to yourself every time you start to feel anxiety again so I don't know if you've ever seen it but there's a YouTube video it's it's made by a French animator um it doesn't have any dialogue but it's a cartoon and it's a woman that has anxiety and her anxiety is personified by a blue crocodile and it follows her around and it prevents her from making the phone calls that she wants to make and from talking to the man that she wants to talk to and all these things and she keeps trying to like trap it or shut it up or get rid of this blue alligator that's always with her or crocodile i think and um 
then one day she finally decides that she's just going to make friends with it. And it kind of tags along with her and she's able to talk to the guy and she's able to make the phone call and all that stuff. And I think it's a really um, good illustration of what you're talking about is like, we can fight, fight, fight against the anxiety, or we can just be like, well, there it is. It's with me again. And we're just going to go ahead and do the things we need to do, even though the anxiety is still present, because I know like, I don't have to let it interfere anymore. Right. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> it's challenging uh, though. Yeah. Like all these things I'm talking about, I mean, are, I think it can be really helpful and really powerful, but, um, there's definitely, it takes a lot of time. I mean, a lot of persistence and doing it over and over and over again, and, you know, um, and, and I don't think it, you know, they're all just helpful tools in your toolbox, I guess you could say, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it definitely takes, takes time and practice. Yeah. So, I mean, we both are Christ followers and I know that a lot of the way that you've gotten through this over the years is through prayer. Um, and you've mentioned a couple of times now that by searching the scripture for verses that would encourage you and kind of dissuade you from the anxiety that that's been a tool that you've used, but what do you think that God has shown you about him or about yourself through this struggle that you've had in your life? Well, I think, I mean, it's definitely an ongoing dialogue with God for sure. Um, but, you know, I've realized, especially with this last, um, you know, this last year with uh, the postpartum anxiety, um, just, I mean, I've come to believe that, I mean, there's a lot of different thing, tools and strategies, CBT, you know, mindfulness, so all kinds of things that you can work, use that may be helpful, but the underlying root is a spiritual one, I believe, and that, that you can't really ever be fully healed until you're willing to, to um, delve, you know, investigate, you know, what, you know, what areas in my life um, are, you know, um, supporting this like habit of anxiety and what um, beliefs do I have about God um, or myself um, or lives that, you know, I, I believe the devil like feeds you that you believe and you hold on that are kind of underneath all these fears and anxieties. And, mm -hmm. and I think too, like really kind of prayerfully um, searching for or, or trying to understand, um, you know, what, what kind of, um, in terms of your faith and, and trust, because I think a lot of like the roots of anxiety, at least for me, have been about, you know, wanting to control things or, you know, difficulty trusting God. And um, I mean, there's certainly, you know, physiological components and all these things that I've talked about. But I mean, I think the root of it is a fear of, you know, things not going the way I want them to do, go or difficulty dealing with uncertainty or not knowing what's going to happen or so um, I read, um, I've been reading this really good book um, called uh, Breaking Anxiety's Grip. Mm. And it's by a doctor who, um, I think she's a, I guess, psychiatrist, neuropsychologist, some sort of um, uh, specialist. And she's also a Christian. And um, it's all about uh, kind of her walk with, uh, you know, uh, spiritual components that you know she believed were um, not really addressed in a lot of um in sort of the traditional view of mental health 
And so that's been really like, I think really key, you know, there's just a lot of, you know, she really talks a lot about the, um, the power of God's word mm-hmm. and kind of refuting um, fearful or toxic thoughts and also about um, the power of praise and worship, which for me has been really um, huge. I think that is like the single most, more than anything else that um, can um, help me through like, you know, when I'm feeling really anxious or worried or, or just, you know, you know, even, even like prayer sometimes, and it's still like the feelings are still there. And sometimes it's the only thing I can do is just turn on worship. You know, I have like a, a worship list of all, of all these songs I've collected and just really, you know, sit laying there and, and really listening to the words. And, and I think, I think um, praise is pray, you know, worship is so, so huge and kind of um, wording away kind of the devil's lies. And um, cause I think, yeah, I think, I mean, I believe that there is, um, you know, a, a spiritual warfare out there and, 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 you know, that you have weaknesses and ways that I think uh, the devil wants to turn you away from God and turn you away from faith and, and living a good life and having peace and calm and all those things. And so if you have, you know, that's kind of just an area in. And so, so yeah, I, I think that is the most important piece. Um, is really going to God and inviting him into those anxious moments and just the overall journey that you're on. Um, you know, for me, like an ongoing every day, you know, an everyday basis of, um, and even like going to God with those questions that you don't understand about why do I have this or, mm-hmm. you know, why is it so difficult or, or, or asking him like exactly what are you trying to teach me through this? And I think believing too that, um, that God has a good plan for, um, even, even me having struggling with anxiety, that there's something really good that will come from it and some, um, you know, powerful work that he is doing within me Mm -hmm. through having fear and having to struggle against anxiety. Um, Mm -hmm. and then also identifying that, you know, it's not like who I am. Um, you know, that's not, I'm Christy, I'm an anxious person or, you know, that kind of, (laughs) it's not your identity. Yes, that um, because I think without God, then it's hard to find other things mm-hmm. that um, bring you value or or worth. I mean, you kind of just say, okay, well, you know, I'm I'm this or I'm that, or but I mean, it's hard to have anything else to identify about what brings you value or worth. Um, and so, especially you when just- you've been through those transitions in your life, like, oh, I'm Christy, I'm a doctor. Oh, well, you're not that anymore. Or I'm Christy, and I'm a single person well, no, now you're a wife and a mom. Like you you can't, all of those things are temporary in life or like Jesus is the only thing that stands the test of time. Right. Right. It's your identity. Yeah. And then I think too, at least for me, I mean, every single issue that I struggle with or identify as sort of a root of like this, this anxious feelings or thoughts always come back to um, something about my faith. Mm -hmm. So. Wow. That's really good. I feel like this leads us into like that wrap up question that I ask all the guests, which is what do you do for soul care? And so it sounds like you've been telling us a little bit about that right now, but do you have any other things that you'd like to add? How do you care for your soul? Well, I've been um, doing um, walks every day for a long time. I was like, hard to move off the couch, (laughs) (laughs) but I started walking and 
I think that has been really, um, really good. Like every day I, you know, strap in my daughter into the stroller and we go walk, even if it's like, you know, raining or lately it's been kind of hot, but even, you know, just getting outside and, um, you know, feeling either being in natural light and all that, you know, I think that's made a huge difference. And something I didn't really think about either. Mm -hmm. It's good stress relief. Yeah. 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 Just, I think there's something about being outside that can be just uplifting. Yeah. Um, That's good. Cool. Is there anything else you would like to share with us? I think you covered my life story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I really appreciate you being vulnerable here because I know it takes bravery to think, okay, well, I don't know how many hundreds of people are going to eventually hear this and thousands. let's pray for that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's keep sharing the podcast and we can grow because there is hope. Like you were just saying that you hope that for some reason, like God allowed you to have this struggle in your life and something good is going to come out of it. And I'm not going to say that it's that you got to share your story on this podcast, but (laughs) it is that you get to minister to people out of the pain that you've had. Like there's a purpose for this, whether that's with your daughter or with your mother or with your husband or your coworkers or your friends, you know, or a larger audience who knows um, that that God is going to use that because there's always purpose in the pain that you've had. And so I thank you for being mm-hmm. willing to be vulnerable and share that here and just to no give us a glimpse <laughs> because like I said, I'm somebody, obviously I'm a mental health professional, but I'm somebody that has a lot more experience with depression than anxiety. So, whereas I, I'm super calm and it sometimes like helps, like I have a lot of clients with anxiety because they come and they just feel calm by me because I'm really calm, <laughs> but um, I I don't necessarily have that personal insight to what it feels like to live with that feeling all the time. So thank you for giving us that window into that. Mm -hmm. No problem. It's good to be here. (laughs) Thank you for being such a good friend for 20 years. (laughs) The Soul Grit Podcast is a production of Soul Grit Resources. You can find more at soulgritresources.com or on the socials at soulgritresources. You can email me at info at soulgritresources.com.